Episode 27 A New Beginning Genesis 8 verse 20 to Genesis 9 verse 1 Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. Noah took some of all the clean birds and animals and he burned them on the altar as offerings to God. In our opening verse, Genesis 8 verse 20, and lasting until God's promise to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, we will see God at work with man under a government type of framework. This is the third of seven general workings between God and man. The day Noah does this is the same day that Ezra offered his offerings in the book of Ezra, and it is the same day that Jesus was born. Right here, in this verse, is the first time the Bible mentions an altar. Instead of building a house for himself, Noah offers to God. He prepares a spot to meet, give thanks to, and glorify God. Jehovah, the Lord, is the covenant-keeping God, who has proven himself true to the promise he made to Noah. And because of this, Noah offered And because of this, Noah offered some of the clean birds and animals. This offering is completely burned up on the altar. When an offering like this is made, it is asking that God accepts the offering as a substitute for the life of the person offering it and asking for the mercy of God. The fire and burning in the offering symbolize exactly that, the acknowledgement that what is deserved is the lake of fire. The animal is given as a picture of this. Noah offered it because his life was granted to him in the midst of the death of the rest of the earth around him. This and all the other offerings in the rest of the Bible point to the work of Jesus Christ. The book of Hebrews explains these things and shows how they point to his final sacrifice. In the end, Jesus is the only one who can rescue us from the hell that we rightly deserve. This is Noah's acknowledgement to God. Verse 21. The Lord was pleased with these sacrifices. He said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of human beings. Their thoughts are evil even when they are young. But I will never again destroy every living thing on the earth as I did this time. God sent his son to live the life we cannot live and then to give that life as a substitute for our own. When we receive Jesus Christ as saviour, we are transferring our sin and our guilt to Jesus. His death was pleasing to God as can be seen in Noah's sacrifice. Our very heart and gratitude is flowing to God through the death of his son. The problem with us is that often we begin to take for granted the very sacrifice which was made. We may tire of our walk, skip Bible study and pick up old habits and tread into the waters of disobedience. In essence, we begin to show contempt for the very sacrifice which saved us and brought us close to God. 
Noah's faithful sacrifice was accepted and God promised to never again curse the earth even though, as he says, the imagination of his heart is evil from his youth. Because God accepted his offering, he graciously transferred that acceptance to the rest of us who came after him. In doing so, God promised to never again destroy every living thing as he has done. The world will never be destroyed by flood again. Verse 22 As long as the earth continues, there will be planting and harvest, cold and hot, summer and winter, day and night, will not stop. The phrase, as long as the earth continues, appears to mean that the earth will not last forever. This is a confusing subject in the Bible. Whether the earth lasts forever, but has a major makeover, or whether the earth is a goner at some point in the future, until whichever happens, God has promised that things will remain the same. There will always be seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night. These things are so regular and so predictable that people have built the wondrous monuments to the precision of God's handiwork. Stonehenge, pyramids around the world, cave drawings and even modern scientific equipments and star charts are all testaments to the splendid precision of what God has done. Even the animals have a sense of when to do the things they do. Bears hibernate, birds and butterflies migrate, moose get into their annual ruts, dogs shed, and love bugs swarm right at their appointed seasons. And even more, the plants know when to bud and flower, the grass knows when to sprout its seeds, the oaks know when to drop their leaves, an almond tree has its nuts ready at just the right time. Everything is balanced so beautifully and so wonderfully that man is ready at just the right time to experience all of these things which come directly from the mind and the wisdom of God who purpose them. This ends Genesis chapter 8. In Genesis chapter 9 we see a beautiful display of God's love for the people of the world. Verse 1, our closing verse in this episode. Then God blessed Noah and his sons. He said to them, Have many children, grow in number, and fill the earth. When God blessed these men of the earth, it was certainly a blessing in their physical person, and possibly even in a spiritual sense too. But it doesn't necessarily transfer beyond them. As we will see, one of the sons is going to act in a displeasing way towards his father, and Noah is going to call down a curse on that son's son, instead of directly cursing his own son. As the Bible records elsewhere, How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? Cursing the son who has been blessed by the Lord would be a tragic mistake. And so, the son's son will receive the curse. The blessing is upon them. and They are told to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. This is a repetition of the original command given by God to man back in chapter 1. 
the modern concept of cutting back on population growth isn't just unbiblical, but it is anti-biblical. God has ordained that man multiply, not abort. And we are instructed to fill the earth, not worship the earth. We are instructed to worship the creator of the earth, not the creation. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise him for what he has done for you and what he will do through you. Hallelujah and Amen.